Hey guys, I'm Justine Stevens, and this is the IT Podcast. The IT Podcast is raw conversations with people that inspire me and make me want to keep chasing my dreams. With the IT Podcast, I promise you authenticity and nothing less. Philippe has been in sales in some respect for 15 years. He was working in real estate in Chicago and he left to pursue his love for acting and moved to Los Angeles. I met Philippe while working at an event in Los Angeles where he literally saved me from a creepy old gentleman who was chasing me around the party. He has written a book called From Night Till Day at the Mandela Bay and runs a personal blog called Ways of Wealth. Please welcome the awesome Philippe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Justine. The, the pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to do this. So nice to be chatting again. We haven't chatted in a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Super excited for where you're at right now. It's one of the top places on my list on where I want to go. Oh, you have to come to New Zealand 100%. It's magical. Let's do it. Well, let's do it. Visitor coming soon. Have the guest book waiting. Yes. Open, waiting. <laughs> I want you to give us your background story about moving to LA and leaving the real estate profession. What did that journey look like? Yeah, sure. So California is a place that I have always dreamed of coming to. Ever since I was a little kid, when I was watching movies, I'd see it in shows online, I'd see pictures. It was just like a magical place to me even before I came here. And, and then when I did come here around my mid-20s, it was, I was convinced, right? It was a confirmed to me that, yes, this is definitely a place that I wanted to go. And so I found myself in a place in my early 30s where I was, I just left a secure, stable job in the banking industry where I'd worked for the last six years. And I'd gotten out of a big relationship and I had moved to a different part of the city and so I started doing real estate for a few years and everything was just kind of shifting. And I was, I was, I was really opening myself up to changing who I was and, and my identity and just kind of reinventing myself. And after a few years of doing real estate, I just, you know, I kind of wasn't satisfied. I knew this wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. And the back of my mind, California and, and acting and, and, and writing just kept calling to me. And it, these were things that I wanted to do from a very much younger age. And it's something that I did in my teens. And so I just kind of packed my little two-door <laughs> old for five days. It was a very kind of like typical story of just grabbing your things and leaving. Awesome. I love that. And I loved how you just followed your heart and your passion. That's so important in life. You have to follow that. Mm. You have yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and it was, you know, it took about a year for me, you know, so it wasn't like, you know, on Friday I was like, I'm leaving. And then Saturday I was all packed up and I left. It took about a year of like getting things kind of in order, you know, really kind of getting my family on board. Cause you know, what did that look like? Did they have their doubts? What are you doing? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, you know, my mother has always been my number one supporter. She, you know, as as most great mothers are, they'll always kind of support their kids and whatever they do and and believe in them. But I think that she did have her doubts, and she was, you know, as her only son. I think selfishly, she didn't want to lose 
you know, that close relationship that we have of me being able to be 10, 15 minutes away and come by at a moment's notice. So she was, she was against it. You know, she kind of fought me for a little bit, but we kind of talked through it and I was honest with her and I told her I was going to go whether she, I had her support or not, but, but her support is obviously something that's very important to me. And, uh, you know, she came around and she threw me the most amazing going away party. And we, you know, we have an amazing relationship, so I couldn't be, uh, be more happy about that. That's awesome. When I was in LA, my mom would phone me every day. Are you okay? What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, moms are the best. Very, very worried, but she had her reasons. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they know. They've been through life. It's, It's not easy. In the acting game, you audition a lot. And with that, you have to deal with a lot of rejection. How do you handle rejection? You know, I, I think you just kind of have to approach it like a numbers game. And I know that's a very cliche thing to say. But you know that, you know, if you're booking one out of 20, and I heard this in a podcast the other day, so it's not like this isn't something that I came up with. But I heard that if you're booking one out of 20, you're doing okay. The problem is, and, and just seeing so you know this because you've been out here, is there's different levels of actors, right? Mm-hmm. There's the A-level actors, right? The Tom Cruise, The Rock, Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. And then there's B-level sea level and down and down and down. When I first got here, I, I had no resume. I had no headshots. I had nothing. I hadn't taken an acting class in years. So I was like a level, I was like a G level actor. If we're going alphabetically, I was way down the list. And so at first, you know, you don't even know where to start. And then slowly you start I was very naive. I didn't do a whole lot of research. I just kind of was like, oh, well, Hollywood's there, and I'm sure there's just agents waiting on the corners. Like, I knew it was tough, but I, I didn't realize. Again, I was just naive. And so, but coming here, you know, you slowly start piecing it together. I would say the hardest part is actually not getting rejected for the auditions, but it's not getting enough auditions at first, you know? Mm-hmm. So, if you're going through a month and you only have three, four auditions, you know, what are you doing the other 26, 27 days? That's, that to me is like sticking to it, right? You have to, that's, that's why you have to keep mentally sharp. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you're putting yourself out there. Everyone has to start somewhere. You have to. Oh, yeah. You just have yeah. to put yourself out there. And you're going to fail. You're going to stumble. That's life. And that's how you grow as a person and you become stronger. A lot of people don't even put themselves out there. They sit in a job that they do not like. But in the back of their yeah. I would love to be this. I would love to be an artist. But they're too scared. I think it's because of fear. But I mm-hmm. think persevering, the unknown, I think that's magical. And that in itself is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It definitely takes a certain, certain amount of grit. And I've come to the conclusion that success is doing something that you enjoy doing and positively impacting people around you. And I do feel like it's doable for all of us doing what you love. What you've done in Los Angeles, and you can actually look back and say like, wow, I can't believe I achieved that. What has been your greatest accomplishment so far, you would say, in Los Angeles? So a couple things. So, so one, one thing is that, you know, moving out here, one of the things, you know, sometimes the stars just align, right? And you're very lucky to fall in with the right people. And for me, I was very blessed to come out here and 
for these first almost two years, being able to live with really, really good friends of mine, the twin brothers. I'd met them at a entrepreneur conference and him, you know, we were all part of a mastermind. And so I ended up living with them and they mentored me. I'd always gone to the gym and I thought I'd work, you know, I thought I had, I was a person who ate healthy and took care of myself, but they really mentored me and took me under their wing and with their help and my, and my work going to the gym four times a week, I was able to lose about 20 pounds and, you know, just really feel better about myself in terms of how I eat. So that was a breakthrough because it's something that you actually, it's something that you have to earn by consistency, by hard work. And it gave me the confidence to be like, if I can take care of my health and feel good about myself, you know, feel more confident, then, you know, I can also conquer the next thing and the next thing. Because you see yourself, you know, kind of going up in levels and, and you just getting better about, about stuff. Another thing that I'm proud of, and this is just kind of a, a more broad, I guess, thought process or mentality, mm-hmm. is that I've kind of been able to stay afloat, you know, because I, before coming out here, although real estate is kind of, you know, you're kind of independent and you're running your own business, you know, when you, when you sell a property, you get a pretty decent sized commission. And so you're kind of able to, to live off a couple properties for a few months and, and it's nicer. And then before that, I was, you know, I was working at a bank where I had a stable income. But coming out here, I've really been just kind of, I'm sure you've heard the term the, of the gig, the gig economy, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're doing side jobs here and side jobs there, right? And that's how you and I met, right? We were working at an event. And so I came out here and I kind of put my ego to the side as best I could and said, hey, you know, you've, you've worked at a bank, you've managed a bank you've done all these different things and you have these skill sets. I put them all to the side and I said, okay, I got to learn something new. So I went to learn how to bartend because I was like, if I'm going to be an actor, I need to learn how to bartend or I need to learn how to be a waiter. And I had a prior experience of dropping a tray on a poor kid's head as a kid. (laughs) And so I was like, so I was like, I'm not going to be a waiter. I'm going to be a bartender. Because they make tips and, well, you know, or better tips, hopefully, and it's funner. I just um, say and- that you were really good because when I first met you, I thought you were like the head bartender. Like, you just had it down. You were so confident. All of us were like running around. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? So many people. And like, they were all like needy children wanting drinks, wanting alcohol. And you just like were so calm. I'll never forget. You were just like, we got this. And you were like, just taking control. You knew what you were doing. Yeah, well, that was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I think that comes from just like life experience. You know, I always say, like, I think if someone wants to go and get a four-year degree or whatever they want, you know, I know there's different schools of thought on this. I don't think it's a bad thing. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it. But I would say that life experience is, is a big teacher and it leaves you with learning a lot of things. And, and so I remember a time when I was 25 running a bank and managing people more than twice my age. And like once I remember I got a call at like on a Saturday, it was my day off or something. And they were like, hey, whoever had the key to open up the bank like had called in. And I was the only, and even though it was my day off or I started later or something like that, they needed me to come in earlier. And I was far away from the bank. I lived far away from the bank. 
And I just remember zooming out of my out of my bed and into the car and just getting there in like record time. And we were behind, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a bank, you know, <laughs> you don't open a bank late. You can open up like a subway shop, late, <laughs> but he, you can't open up the bank late. People need their money and they got to get to work. And so I did it. And so we were maybe a couple minutes behind setting up the, the, the machines and stuff like that. And, and every, like all the employees and were in a panic and the people online, you know, were upset. And I had to be the one that was calm. I had to be like, guys, like, I want to say it's Winston Churchill or anyways, but one of them, I think it was Winston Churchill who said that his favorite, his favorite phrase was this too shall pass. And that's like something that I just always think of, you know, when, you know, when I'm bartending and I don't do, I don't bartend as much anymore, but like whenever I'm doing something and there's like, like now what I do is like here and there is I'll Uber or I'll drive Lyft. Right. And when I get someone that's kind of really kind of a little, you know, a little off the edge, <laughs> little wacky. My job is to like, look and see how much time we have left and be like, okay, I have 13 minutes until I drop you off. How can I manage these 13 minutes? That's three songs. That's whatever it is. How can I, you know, because a lot of people just kind of lose it. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's just kind of managing to land. How do we land this plane as smoothly as we can, but it, but it takes time. And that, and that event that you and I worked, is legendary. I will never forget that. Yeah, me too. It was it was just like an Eastern European party and they were they were a rough, rough crowd. They overworked us and they didn't tip at all in this beautiful area of uh it's called Hidden Hills. Yeah, a beautiful house. I mean Hidden Hills, I mean that's where the Kardashians and Drake and, and all these artists have homes in that area. And we were just, we were just shocked. All of us were just shocked. Like, really? I think they, I think they tipped us like $42 between the five of us. Yeah. It was on a Saturday night. On a Saturday yeah. Night. I was just, and we were, it was almost, it was almost comical, right? Like, but what do you do? Like you're, you're upset and we were like drenched in sweat, but you're just like, you know what? This is going to be a fun story to tell someday. And here we are telling exactly. you. I even took my shoes off. Do you remember I was big? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that absolutely. Hilarious. I, from oh, the I couldn't even walk because my feet were killing me. Oh, it's brutal. Originally, they told me I was just going to be a shooter girl. And then suddenly, I became everything. <laughs> I was everything. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't even finish my training, which was the worst. So I didn't even know how to make the drinks. How hilarious was that? Yeah, um, yeah. As I went along, it was hilarious. But yeah, it's great. The trick because I kept coming back for more. I think I overdid the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's great uh, doing those type of things. I feel like it. It just teaches you so much about people, and you have to like you have to staple those memories like to yourself so that whenever you're in a position where you can be kind to someone, you know, you can do it. And that's why, and that's why like people that are in power or or have a certain level of authority, whether that be, you know, actors and celebrities or athletes or politicians or, or even someone who's like the head of a company when they're kind, it stands out because it's rare. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's a cool person. Like that's a cool person who's just, who's just nice to the driver or nice to, the person who's the gardener, like, you know, because yeah. we're all, and what does each other. It cost you to be nice to someone? It costs you nothing. I treat co- everyone the same. Everyone yeah. 
is the same. We're all equal. Yes, exactly. If you don't, what makes you better? Honestly, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, we should learn a lesson from that. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think we're more alike than we are different in many ways, all of us. And oftentimes I find that, like, I'm generally like a very like cheerful person and, <laughs> you know, I just like to kind of have conversation. If anyone's ever gotten into an, into an Uber or a Lyft and their driver's very, you know, like that chatty Cathy, that's generally me. So I'm sorry. I apologize in advance if you ever get into my car because I'm like, where are you going? What's happening? Are you going to dinner? Are you going out? You know, what do you do for a living? Like, I just, I don't know. We're in, we're in a car. We're two strangers in a car. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> but every yeah but every now and then you know i go through my through my moods and my moments of reflection or, or whatnot and and maybe i won't be talkative maybe i'll just kind of be in my head and be driving and then someone will surprise me and they'll start talking to me and they'll hmm. they'll lift me up somehow you know so it's a, it's a give and take we all need each other if you know if we didn't want to be around people we would you know all live out in the country you know, but we choose to live in cities, right? Yeah, because we like, yeah, we like the people. I love meeting new people. I love it. You know what I really loved in LA was Uber Share, where you would actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was my favorite. Uh, yeah. I never knew who was going to jump in next. I was like, this is fun. And I actually made friends. And we're like, oh, let's, let's exchange numbers. What's your Instagram handle? was the base yeah 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 that is that is funny i see that happen all the time people make friends and sometimes you know phone numbers aren't exchanged but they just you know they have experiences and it's just like all right have a good day at work bye good talking to you yeah i love it i loved it i live for that i miss that new zealand needs uber share it's missing <laughs> we shall send this over to them yes please so earlier i mentioned that you wrote a book called mandala bay what is the book mm -hmm. about and what was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, sure. So from night till day at the Mandalay Bay, it was a, it's a story. So on October 1st of 2017 in Las Vegas, there was a mass shooting at the Route 91 Country Music Festival. And there was, my memory serves me right, it was about 58 people were killed in that mass shooting and the the shooter was in the Mandalay Bay on the 31st floor. So I had just been at this conference. It's kind of an entrepreneurial conference of which I had been part of their mastermind for the last couple of years with Sonia and Cole Hatter. And that's where I had met my roommates or good friends of mine. And so we were just at this conference, a Thrive, Make Money Matter, at another hotel. And Grant Cardone was having a small kind of little meeting at the Mandalay Bay at the very top floor in this little room of the foundation room, which is part of the House of Blues. And so we were up there and that's when the whole shooting happened. So we ended up being in lockdown for nine, 10 hours. And so we kind of experienced, you know, I always kind of tell people, you know, I never saw a bullet shot and I never saw blood, but for us, it was very real. It was very real because the building, the where, where it's positioned is, it's, it's one of the tallest buildings in Vegas. And so you can see the whole strip and it's all glass windows all around. So we were able to see the dozen helicopters circling around the building. We saw 
the ambulances, everything down below, you know, the, the, the police cars. And so there was just some, some scary moments and then just moments of reflection. And then like, where does your mind go when, you know, cause for me, you know, I did think that for a moment when we were hiding in a closet and people had flipped couches over and tables over, like for me, for like a few minutes, I thought, holy crap, like this is it. Like this is how it ends. And so as I left that experience, you know, like what are the odds that you're going to get trapped in a situation like that, right? Like everyone thinks like, you know, thankfully for me and for all my friends that I was with and, and some friends who, I, who had left actually that event, like literally minutes before they were on the last elevator down. So they were like pushed out to the street and there was like, he said that there was like 400 of them packed into a little fast food restaurant like walking down the miles in Vegas, and you know, Vegas is a desert. So it's like at night, everything was closed off the strip. I mean, there's thousands of people. The concert alone was over 20,000 people and not to mention everyone at the strip. So to give you, I know I kind of went on a tangent there, but, but a long story short, that's what that book is about. And, and the more I told that story, the more I wanted kind of to write about it. So I started writing what I thought was going to kind of be a blog post or something like that, or an article. But then I ended up having 50 pages. Sure. And so I said, oh, okay, let me just turn this into like a quick book. And so it's just from night till day at the Mandalay Bay, it's just a start to finish story of, of kind of that day from, from the night to the very morning. And I tried to add some humans to it. So I tried to add some moments of like, oh, this is what it's like when something like this happens. And then it was, it was very interesting to me to see how when everything was over, we got brought down on the elevator and I was, I never really slept because I was just kind of paranoid of everything because they were still hunting for the killer for most of the part. But when we came down, you know, if you've ever been to Vegas or to a casino, it's always a party, right? Like mm. people are always playing games. There's always music. There's always energy. And they want that because they want people to be happy and spend money. And it was such a beautiful structure, but everything was shut down all the games there was hundreds if not thousands of people all walking like towards the parking lots because a lot of people were starting to check out because they were like okay i'm not going to stay here and then there was a lot of people being being uh, released like us and there was just this silence this like dead silence as people were walking and then slowly within like and everyone had these grim faces and then within like about five minutes of this walking because there's a long passageway long hallways in this casino hotel, you saw people slowly come back to life. And then they started taking out their phones. And then they started using Snapchat. And they started using Instagram. And then they slowly started laughing. And then before I knew it, I saw someone in the corner ordering Starbucks and complaining because their Starbucks wasn't made right. And so it's like, it was interesting to see how like society slowly came back to life. And like, everything was forgotten in a way about what had just happened. And I just kind of felt like we're still kind of in mourning, though, for this tragedy that just happened. And this is just going to be yesterday's news in a couple of days, you know? Yeah. But yeah, but so that's what that book's about. It's on, um, it's on Amazon. And if you have Amazon Prime, it's free. But if anybody doesn't have Amazon Prime and they want it for your listeners, if they just email me, Felipe at waysofwealth.com, I will send them, I'll send it to them for free. Awesome. That's amazing. There's nothing like like writing from something that's happened to you. There's absolutely yeah. nothing like it. So 
It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I actually want to read it. So, yes. Oh, I would love for you to read it and get your feedback. Yeah, if you can help me out, I want to read it. It'll be amazing. Let's do it. I'll send it to you uh, right after we're done. Cool. Where do you think creativity comes from? Do you think it's something that you're born with? Yes. Yes, I do. I think we are all kind of wired a little differently. Mm-hmm. So we express our creativity in different ways, and some of us have different strengths. But I do think it's something that you're born with. However, I do think that it has to be nurtured. Hmm. So it, in a sense, when, you know, think of a child at a very young age when they're innocent and, and life hasn't beat them up yet. They haven't really had too many negative experiences except maybe falling or having a boo-boo, you know, falling, trying to walk or having a boo-boo or something small. But they haven't really had too many negative experiences. Their sense of wonder and their sense of curiosity is like awe-inspiring, right, when you're, when you're around them. And, and I think what happens is as they get older, people get, quote-unquote, more realistic with them, and then they lose that. They lose that sense of adventure, that sense of wonder, and they fall back into the norm with everyone else. So your sense of creativity, I think it's something that we all have, but I do think it's something that could be easily lost if, you don't, if you're not proactively trying to protect it. I love that. So we should have creativity like a child. We shouldn't lose that wonder. Yeah, yeah, that sense of wonder, that sense of adventure. And if you think of, you know, whatever the medium is, if you think of, I don't know, like some of the best filmmakers, right? Like Hmm. Steven Spielberg, he still has that sense of like, you know, he allows his mind to just kind of go and explore and see things. And the same thing with artists and musicians, right? They just, Hmm. they tend to see things a little bit differently than most. And and that's why we... uh, where it gravitated towards them. Yes. That's what I love about LA. It's like so many people who think the same, very gravitated towards people there. I feel like I have a connection with most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a certain energy to most people that are out here in LA. Like they, they, they're here for a reason. They like the vibrations out here. Yes. Oh, man. Nothing like it. <laughs> You'll be here soon. I remember reading your Insta bio and it's mm-hmm. everything is art, therefore artists we are. I love that. Can you explain that further? Yeah, sure. So it kind of goes along with what I was saying with creativity. Mm-hmm. So everything is art, therefore artists we are. I think that we all, all are artists, you know? And, and so someone, you know, like your mother, you know, everyone's, their own mother's cooking is the best. So at least it is for me, right? And the way they just kind of make it with that love, right? And so my mom, is she a professional chef? No, but her food is amazing. And anytime she makes it for me, it's art. You know, just the way that she cooks it up and the, the presentation that she puts on it. You know, I think the person who designs a cathedral or a building, that architect, he's an artist. The way he designed it, and he saw it in his mind, and then he sketched it out. At the same time, I see the person laying the brickwork on it the construction worker, they're an artist too because they do their work with pride and they can do it even though maybe the architect can't do it, right? So I, I just think everything is art. I think, I think bodybuilders and artists, the way that they sculpt their body, I think, you know, like an athlete is, you know, the way that they glide through the court and just on and on, you know? Yeah, I love that. So many examples of that. You just have to look for it. You'll find it. Yeah. yeah. What is your biggest or weirdest fear? 
my biggest or weirdest fear? Well, <laughs> besides uh, snakes, which I, I think about 80% of the world is scared of or, or feels a massive amount of respect for, I'll, I'll say it that way. The heights is something that I'm slowly trying to uh, conquer and overcome. But if I had to say like more, like something that's not very tangible, I think it's leaving this earth without having left a legacy of some sort, you know, just kind of, there's been, uh, do you know how many people have lived on earth? No. Okay. That's okay. Because I don't need, I, I heard it. I heard it or I read it somewhere and I'm trying to remember right now. I want to say it's somewhere, I want to say it's somewhere like 170 billion people or something oh, wow. that like have, yeah. in it's like entirety. Well, we'll have to look that up, but it's a lot of people, right. Have lived and it's so hard to stick out among those 170 billion. But I think, I think that it's partly, you know, but it's partly, it's partly the fact lived and left some type of legacy, right? Like, like you mattered while you were alive. And so I remember when I was reading, I'm sorry, when I was writing from night till day, you know, it's, I didn't do it for the money. I didn't do it for recognition. I just did it because I don't know, I had a story to tell of this thing that happened to me. And I thought maybe someone else was there and they could relate to it. Or maybe in, in, or with all these other shootings that have been going on, maybe someone else has had something similar and maybe they could relate to that moment where they also thought that this could happen to them. And I remember being on a flight and I had the only like paper copy because mm-hmm. I don't think I had it on Google Docs or something, but I just remember I had the only copy in my bag and I was scared not of the normal jitters of the flight going down, like, <laughs> like if there was like a, like a, a plane crash or something. Yeah. Because I think our mind tends to go there sometimes, right? But I was like, if this plane goes down and I die, that's going to suck. But what's really going to suck is, <laughs> is the fact that this plane's going to go down and I'm going to die with the only copy of my book. No, and no one's ever, no one's ever, ever going to see it. And therefore, and so when I landed, when I landed and then I finally published it, like I just felt like this like sense of peace. Because I also thought about like my niece at the time, my niece is nine, she's going to be 10 this year. And I was like, I, I at least want her to have something. So like years later, she can look back and read it. And like, she's too Aww. young for it now. And be like, oh, my uncle used to write something, you know, like Yay. something to, to, to leave back, you know. So, so I, I fear that, I guess. I fear not, not leaving a legacy, not doing more. And I, and I think that's a natural thing, right? If you look at billionaires, mm. when they donate millions of dollars to like, to the wing of, of the alma mater of their university and they put their last name on the wing, partly it's for ego, right? Because they want to feel like, ha, you know, like I bought that, you know, I paid for that. But I think it's also partly because of legacy. So that a hundred, 200 years from now, when they're no longer here. Mm. That building will stand and their name will carry on. Right. Yeah. And so I think we all want to do something that, that matters. That's yeah. important. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. What does your morning routine look like? I love asking this question. I like to know what everyone uh, I want all your secrets. Yeah, all my secrets, huh? Well, I got to be honest. I'm very inconsistent with it. There, I, I go through phases. Listen to a couple of your episodes and you guys have given some really good answers. I've gone through phases where I'm like on it, right? I'm like dynamite. I've read The Miracle Morning. I've read A Perfect Day Formula. 
atomic I've read a lot of habits book and, and like morning ritual books mm-hmm. and they're good and so I've gotten things from all of them ideally I would want to when I wake up get up go to the bathroom weigh myself and come have a glass of water and then maybe stretch for a little bit read write maybe it's like five ten minutes of meditation and then carry on like with my day you know but I will tell you I do have a couple non-negotiables so always start with a glass or two of water Good. just to get my organs going. Yeah. Now I've gotten more into the habit of taking a cold shower and it's amazing because a, you're starting the day with just kind of like shocking your system. Okay. But you're also starting your day with like conquering like a stupid little fear, right? Like we've all, like we've all, we've all done the little dance in the shower where we turn the water on the cold and we're like shimmying back and forth. Like, like it's about to be like, like double Dutch or something like, do it, do I get in? Do I not? Uh, ready and go. <laughs> so we, we've all done that little dance. And now I just kind of like turn on the water. I don't even think about it. It's just second nature. I just go in, take a cold shower. It could be for 30 seconds, a minute, it could be for three minutes, but I just feel great once I get out and I'm just really? like refreshed, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's, yeah, and what it also does is it reduces inflammation. That's what they say. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know to what degree, but I guess, yeah, I guess the cold, you know, it's kind of like if you were to like dip yourself in ice, mm-hmm. you know, it's an anti-inflammatory. And then the other thing that I do, whether it's for 15 minutes, sometimes I do it for an hour, is I read. I read every day. Good. I read every day. Yeah, so... I love reading. I love, I love seeing as someone who writes as well. I, I love paying attention to how, how authors write, whether it's like starting how they start a sentence or how they tell a story, everything like that. So yeah, but definitely read. I don't know if you've read The Miracle Morning, but it's an amazing book. Mm-hmm. It'll change your life. Author? What's that? Miracle uh, Morning. Who wrote it? Uh, Hal Elrod. Awesome. I'll check that out. Yeah. Yeah, What's- it's a great, great book. The Miracle Morning. Okay, awesome. What is another like a, a podcast that you listened to recently, or another resource that you can tell the listeners about or recommend? What would be beneficial to our listeners? Yeah, yeah, like another podcast. Yes. So for podcasts, I listen to a variety of podcasts. I guess it depends on. I'll give you. I'll give you three. Hmm. Cool. Besides yours, just scenes. Besides, um, besides the inspirational times, I'll give you three more. Thank you. So I listened to the Joe Rogan Experience. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan Experience is a great mix of bro science, as I've heard it term, but it's very it's it's informational on a lot of different topics, and it's just it's good conversation with good guests. They're generally like three hours long. But I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to, as an actor, I like being in the know of what's going on in Hollywood, of, of actors and their stories. I'm fascinated by biographies and what people's days are. So, for example, I listen to The Ward Shatter by The Hollywood Reporter, mm-hmm. where they have amazing interviews with, with just actors and directors and producers and how all that goes. Mm-hmm. And then another one that I listen to is. I'll give you Oprah's Masterclass is another one that she also, it's very well edited and she interviews 
just very inspirational people that you've met, whether it's actors, athletes, business people, and they're short, concise, 30, 35 minutes. So there, there's three of that. For books, man, there's so many books. I always have a hard time with like, give me your favorite book. Yeah, you're a big reader. Yeah, and I know you are too. I need to actually, I was supposed to give you that book about psychopaths. <laughs> we never... Oh you, oh, you were, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to give it to me. It's, it's okay. I like studying. Studying like psychology and stuff like that? Yeah. I find it very Yeah. People are- oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So I would get, have you ever read The Four Agreements? No. I've heard about it, but I haven't read it. Definitely read that. So that's something that I kind of like, it's one of those things where like, you're like, okay, I'm going to try to live by this as best as I can. So Four Agreements is a great book by Don Miguel Ruiz. Anything Ryan Holiday is good. Right now, I'm, I'm finishing reading one of his books, which is really good, which is called The Obstacle is the Way. But I also like another one of his books, Ego is the Enemy. And last year, one of the most fascinating books that I read was Let the Trumpet Sound, which is a unauthorized uh, biography of Martin Luther King Jr. So, yeah. Awesome. I love that. That's cool. I will get into I'm going to actually look at these books. That is awesome. Where can people find you? Yeah, so I did take a hiatus, and I'm kind of still halfway on it. Mm-hmm. If you go on to my Instagram, it's at Felipe, F-E-L-I-P-E dot U-R-I-B-E. So it's at Felipe dot Uribe. I haven't posted anything there till April. I'm still on there from time to time. So if you send me a DM and say hi, I'd love that. Love to connect with uh, different people around the world. Yeah. And yeah, you can find me on Facebook as well, Felipe Uribe. You can also check out, I have a few posts up on the blog. I don't really have a particular pattern to it. So I'm not at the point where I'm doing one a week or twice a month, but every now and then I'll have a thought or an old post that I haven't posted and, and I'll just put it up. So that's at, at waysofwealth.com is uh, the website. Nice. So you can find me there as well. Cool. Guys, go check him out. He's awesome. And thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun, Justine. I hope to do another one in person. That'd be amazing. Yes. Oh, that'll be great. So when I come to LA, mm-hmm. you see me. We have to connect again. Okay. Or if you Let's... come sooner, I don't know. I am definitely coming to uh, New Zealand. Cool. I got to do it. I have to do it. It's so beautiful out there. And I got a great guide. Yeah. I- I'm so <laughs> I'm still learning, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, awesome. So enjoy the rest of your day. What time is it there now? It's 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Cool. So enjoy the rest of your evening. I am starting my day. It's only morning. It's crazy. Wow. I'm almost like a day ahead of you. Yeah, it's so nuts. 19 hours, right? Yeah, 19 hours. insane yeah i know i remember i looked it up the other day and i was like wow she is auckland 10 3 a.m wow yeah we already experiencing our saturday crazy so if anything happens in this world we will experience it first and i'll tell you about it later yeah well yeah i guess uh let me know how it's friday the 13th over here so hopefully hopefully your friday the 13th was better than mine (laughs) yeah yeah exactly well thank you again Yeah, thank you. And we will chat soon. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye.